0: Hello, and welcome to your next episode of Fixing Fitness with Kelly, the show that serves up real talk about fitness with a focus on why traditional fitspo just doesn't serve women in their 30s. Let's talk about what we can really do to get results that make all the effort worth it. Get more on the website at kellymarieroach.com, including exclusive access to my head-to-toe mobility routine when you download my free guide to the five worst exercise cues in the fitness industry. And tune into the Kelly M. Roach YouTube channel for weekly videos offering fresh perspectives on fixing fitness topics. Hey, everybody. It is good to have you back for another week. Um, If you live somewhere where you celebrated Memorial Day this year, I hope that you enjoyed your day off. I hope that you got some fun in the sun if you had some nice weather. We did where I live. My husband and I took our kayaks out on the water for the first time this year and it felt amazing to just be up and moving and out in the sunshine, so it was really awesome, especially given how much I've been talking to you guys lately about sedentary lifestyle and my own efforts to make my life less sedentary, so on a beautiful, sunny, non-work day, it was great to get out and get some physical activity. This week, I kind of am coming at the same topic from another angle because I came across a couple of papers that really got me thinking about it. So what I've talked about in recent weeks is that the amount of exercise you get doesn't have as much to do with your fitness level as how much time you spend being sedentary. So I started to wonder if it might not be the same thing with our diets. We spend so much time with diet culture in our faces, obsessing about diet and fighting our bodies in many ways, depending on what our dietary regime looks like. And so I started to wonder if maybe The sedentary lifestyle is more important than diet in the same way that the sedentary lifestyle is more important than uh, your physical exercise that you take every day. So without further ado, let's get into the question. How much does diet have to do with it? I have a friend that I speak to daily who I've known since I was four years old. Our lives are very different now. She's currently a stay-at-home mom while I am child-free by choice. I entered corporate America while she moved around half a dozen times or so for her husband's career. We have many overlapping interests but very different lifestyles, so you'd think that there would be lots to talk about. But if anyone asked us what we touch on without fail in our daily Marcos to each other, the answer would be diet and exercise. She was an athlete most of her life and spent many years heavy into weightlifting and CrossFit while I never played a sport and was mostly committed to cardio, bodybuilding, and HIIT style workouts. We've both tried a multitude of diet and exercise programs over the years, worked with trainers and nutritionists, switched things up in the hopes that this next diet would be the secrets that gave us that final boost to the physiques of our dreams. Spoiler alert, nothing ever got us there. So we're still talking about it. And the last few weeks of this podcast got me wondering if we're talking about the wrong thing. The majority of the scientific literature I've shared over the last couple of weeks has honed in on sedentary behavior as a leading cause of weight gain and lifestyle disease in adults, particularly as we age and the effects of those years of sedentary behavior start to accumulate. One of the most eye-opening things i shared was that sedentary behavior has been linked to cardiometabolic syndrome and other lifestyle diseases independent of physical activity meaning that regardless of whether you're working out for even up to an hour a day it isn't enough to undo the damage caused by hours and hours of inactivity so all of this got me wondering if we now know that regular exercise may not be enough to counteract the time we spend sitting around Is it also possible that we can't diet our way around it either? One relevant study I was able to find tracked the Body Mass Index, or BMI, of a group of women over a four-year period. The study coordinators accounted for amount of sedentary activity, diet, education levels, employment status, and other socioeconomic and social demographic information. Importantly for this podcast, the average age of participants was 38 years old. Over the four-year period, the average increase in BMI was two points. Interestingly, women whose BMI was in a healthy range at the start of the study saw the highest increase in BMI by the end of the study. To get straight to the point, The study found, quote, strong evidence of association between sedentary lifestyle and the increase in mean BMI of women rather than dietary habits and sociodemographic characteristics of women. The higher the level of sedentary lifestyle, the higher was the increase in the mean BMI among women over the four-year period, end quote. Much like the studies I shared a couple of weeks ago that demonstrated how sedentary behavior correlates with increased risk of lifestyle disease, independent of physical activity levels, this study seems to imply that sedentary behavior is related to weight gain even when diet is taken into consideration. Now I feel I have to be clear about something here, and that is that nothing about this discredits the massive body of evidence demonstrating the positive effects of a healthy diet. There is no arguing that a diet rich in fruits and vegetables is better for your health and weight than diets comprised of sugars and processed foods. For those who need to lose a significant amount of body fat, diet is absolutely going to play a key role. And surely even a person at peak health clocking almost no sedentary time would still suffer the ill effects of a poor diet. But for those of us who are at a healthy weight, trying and failing to out-train our desk jobs, and obsessing over diet to the point where it's a staple topic of discussion. Is this another instance where we're fixated on the wrong thing? I have nine years worth of biometric screening data from preventive care physicals with my PCP. Over that time, I've adhered to several different diets, including paleo, high-fat, low-carb, vegetarian, and just counting my macros. I've also switched up the type of exercise I do, including yoga, traditional strength training, cardio, and calisthenics. And I've consistently gotten anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour of exercise five or so days a week throughout the last decade. While fluctuations in my blood work numbers have been negligible, an oddity in and of itself, my weight, body fat percentage, and waist circumference have ever so slowly but steadily increased over that time despite adherence to what I would call a consistently 80% healthy diet. I realize I'm a sample size of 1, but anecdotally I attribute this not to aging, as most people want us to believe, but to a decade's worth of accumulated sedentary time. There are lots of studies out there demonstrating how protein metabolism may decline with age because of hormonal changes, among other reasons. But there is an equally large body of evidence, it would appear, which suggests that there is basically no age at which our muscles stop responding to resistance exercise. Amino acid supplementation has even been shown to acutely stimulate muscle protein synthesis in older individuals. This made me wonder about all the studies that attribute generalized weakness, loss of muscle mass, and weight gain to the aging process. What would these studies have looked like if they had studied our ancestors, the ones who were engaged in physical labor all day to earn income and keep households running? Would they have showed loss of strength and muscle by their late 30s? Obviously, there are some biological factors that we can't overcome, and changes in hormone levels as we age are one of them. But I think the way our modern-day lifestyles contribute to this is significantly underrated. I found a paper that reviewed 47 separate studies about this, representing a total sample size of 1,079 individuals. The paper highlighted glaring shortfalls in previous studies to account for inconsistent results about the effectiveness of resistance exercise to combat loss of muscle and strength. What they ultimately found was that full-body, high-intensity resistance exercise is effective for prevention or treatment of age-related decline in muscle function. The authors specifically opined that quote, these findings imply that disuse may actually be the underlying reason for muscle atrophy and weakness rather than aging per se. I happen to think they're onto something. Muscle atrophy from disuse is a topic I've spoken about in recent YouTube videos. When we think about muscle atrophy, it's usually in the context of injury, bed rest, or disability but a much more insidious form of it comes from disuse. For desk workers, our posterior chain and core muscle groups suffer from this the most. Weakened glutes and hamstrings put strain on the lower back and adaptively shortened hip flexors fight our weakened abdominal muscles. The cumulative effect of this appears to be loss of strength and muscle mass, even when we're getting a daily workout in. The effectiveness of those workouts, given the disuse atrophy and common problems with mind-muscle connection, may also be a problem worth discussing. Because of the atrophy in our glutes and the overcompensation in our lower back, often exercises like squats and lunges aren't doing anything to strengthen the target muscles. This is because we actually aren't loading the muscles we think we are to perform the movement. Lunges and squats are great examples. For lunges, the movement should be propelled by your glutes, quads, and hamstrings with core muscles stabilizing the hips. Since most of us aren't used to recruiting any of those muscles, we dump into our knee joints and could be using anything as wildly inappropriate as our ankles and upper back muscles to force us through the movement. Squats are similar. Form is a struggle for many of us, and many of us hunch our shoulders up under the bar, effectively loading the weight into our necks and upper backs as we awkwardly try to drop into a squat and return to standing. It's a recipe for doubling down on poor muscle recruitment patterns, which serve to further weaken our already atrophied muscle groups. Hopefully, you can see how interconnected all of these factors are, and how diet is certainly not the leading indicator of physical fitness as we rack up years behind a desk. So, why are we all so obsessed with it? Well, the easy answer is culture. I follow an amazing account on Instagram, Diet Culture Rebel. The creator is a registered dietitian whose goal is to heal women's relationship with food. Some of what she discusses are things I never had any idea were an issue, such as shame eating when no one is looking and sneaking food so no one knows you're eating it. I wouldn't have believed it if a friend of mine hadn't shared that one of her extended family members suffers from this kind of behavior. In her case, it sounds like she was raised in a household where fatness was an enemy and normal hunger was shameful. When you double down on that with what is now the widely acknowledged practice of body shaming that we all grew up with, it's no wonder that so many of us are not only obsessed with diet, we carry a core belief that it is somehow the magic key to loving our own bodies. I would also add here that it's almost a stigma to be a woman who is not on some kind of diet. I've gone to events like board dinners, where the women huddle in a corner talking about what they can and cannot eat there because of whatever diet they're on. As soon as one woman brings it up, others rush to assure the group that they too are on a diet. Speaking up that you proudly are not dieting is almost guaranteed to be met with a passive aggressive response. All of this is just to say that even though diet scientifically seems to have little to do with how fit we are, our cultural obsession with it has made us believe otherwise. Diet by definition does not mean restricted eating or calorie deficit. Your diet is simply the holistic view of what foods and drinks you habitually consume. And our diet should support our desired lifestyle. That's it. What troubles me is that we desk workers are caught in a bit of a catch-22 when it comes to our diet. If we're coming to the realization that despite our daily workouts, we are living a largely sedentary lifestyle, we ought to be consuming much less energy from food than we are. However, if we do that, we're not energizing ourselves properly to support the goal of increasing physical activity levels. If we're eating to support a sedentary lifestyle, then that's the lifestyle we will have. If we eat to support greater levels of physical activity, but find ourselves caught up in a sedentary lifestyle that leaves us too mentally and emotionally exhausted to engage in more physical activity, then we're probably going to start gaining weight. So where is the inflection point in activity levels that demands a change in our diet to support those greater levels of activity? And if we're anticipating it too soon, does eating more become counterproductive and contribute to that age-related weight gain? It's interesting to me how nearly every topic I've tackled in recent weeks has come back to the problem of being too sedentary. Sitting around all day contributes to our mental and emotional health, our levels of exhaustion, muscle atrophy, and diet. And yet we don't question it as a lifestyle because so much of what we do requires time devoted to mental focus seated in front of a screen. This is not only true in the context of sustaining a 9 to 5 to pay the bills, but for many of our hobbies as well. The time I devote to writing workouts, podcasts, and editing audiovisual content is all sedentary. Visiting with friends and family often entails hours of sitting. I sit while I read, do puzzles and play games as well. We commonly think of sedentary time outside of work as sitting on the couch watching TV, but you can quickly see how many of our leisure so-called activities aren't actually active at all. As this has risen to the forefront as a theme for fitness in our late 30s, I expect we will be talking about it even more in the future. But for today's purposes, Let's end with the answer to the question, how much does diet really have to do with it? Not nearly as much as you think. Okay, guys, so that is it for this week's podcast. I hope it's given you more to think about. I hope that if you are somebody who has built up an unhealthy obsession with diet, if you are somebody who feels as though you struggle with disordered eating or eating disorders, definitely seek the appropriate help. Um, I am not a registered dietitian. I am not a nutritionist. This is just information that I am gleaning from scientific literature that I have read and want to share with you. But disordered eating is a really serious topic in our society, and it is something quite serious that a lot of people suffer from. So if you or someone you know does reach out, get the proper help, Um, I would leave you with that thought for this evening. But if you are somebody who has a healthy relationship with food, and it's just a situation where you're thinking, I get all the right exercise, I'm getting all of my fruits and vegetables, I'm eating enough calories, but I'm not gaining muscle, and I don't have the energy I feel like I should have, and it's feeling like this point of frustration, that sort of catch-22 that I was talking about, it really might still be coming back to the fact that you can't out-diet a sedentary lifestyle any more than you can out-train one. So think about it in your own life, leave me comments, come and find me on Instagram, tell me what you thought about this week's podcast. I would love to hear some of your thoughts If you have a second and you could review the show that would really help us grow the community and get the podcast out to more people, share it with a friend, bring them into the conversation, and I will be back with a new episode for you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye-bye.